to another episode of Hear Me Out. It's your boy, Davion, Dave the Brave, Mr. Atlantic Ocean, Mr. Nice Watch, with my friend, Devaye. What's up, everybody? You got them folks going crazy for you, Devaye. Yeah, man, you too. <laughs> so, uh, we gonna go ahead and get into everything. Uh, disclaimer before we start. This week is a two for one. So last week, our episode didn't fully upload correctly. There was some technical issues. So we're going to uh, re-upload episode two and then add on to episode three. So lucky for y'all, y'all get to listen to us twice this week. Yeah, man. So to kick things off, um, we're going to talk about climate change. And so with climate change, um, on Monday, there was a uh, there was actually a climate change summit with all the global leaders from around the world. And in addition to those global leaders from around the world, um, there were also a lot of youth activists. I remember uh, last Friday, there was a, uh, in New York, there was actually a, um, a global school strike. Right. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, because, uh, and it was led by Greta Thunberg and a bunch of other um, youth activists. Now, Greta Thunberg is important because she's a she's actually a sixteen year old um, a sixteen year old climate change activist from Sweden, so she's not even from uh, the United States, and she's coming to America to help to talk and help lobby for um for you know stronger climate change regulation and stronger climate change policy. And so uh, to do this, she's taking a she's taking a year off from school. She's taking a sabbatical, and um, she has been going to protests and rallies and all um, and all sorts of things to uh, to sort of just raise awareness and try to get people involved in climate change. And so what's been happening um, lately is, is that uh, she's been having um, meetings with political figures such as such as this, uh, this, this global summit. And she pretty much just tore into him. She was basically telling him, uh, you know, you guys you know, it, like, it doesn't make sense that I'm a 16-year-old that has to sit here and tell you all that you all need to act on climate change. Right. And that's basically what her whole speech was about. Imagine being in her position. Imagine being a 16-year-old in front of all of the world leaders telling them they need to get their mess together. Like, that's crazy. That's, that's unimaginable. Like, I'm pretty sure when she first started doing this, I don't, I don't, I don't know if she ever thought she would get to that point. Right, definitely. Like that's that's astounding. That's amazing. She's 16, dude. She's older. She's younger than us. I'm 21. I'm 20. In college, building up college debt, and she's out telling world leaders they need to get their mess together. They need to get their lives right. That's that's what I need to be doing. <laughs> Yeah, man, don't we all? But now, nah, man, keep things serious. Um, yeah, man, she she definitely she definitely laid into him. Um, and uh, she actually got some pushback on her on her um, on her stance. And this mainly has to do with her age. Um, a lot of folks, a lot of adults, see her as sort of a pawn. They basically see her. And when I say that, I mean they're basically trying to say that she's only saying what she's being told. Like, she's basically being very naive about the whole thing. Do they have proof of that, though? Do they have... Are they name-dropping whoever is giving her the said information? I mean, from what I've seen, they haven't name-dropped anybody, but they're they're assuming that the kids aren't 
in charge of this. Like they're they're basically saying that all the efforts are being planned by adults and the kids are just being used as pawns to um sort of enact everything and get the attention. But that kind of seems like an invalid argument to me. Because that has nothing to do with the argument altogether. She's going over there to tell them we need to focus more on climate change. The world is dying. We need to do what we need to do that's make ourselves a better place to live in a to be able to survive in a livable home. All right. And they're telling you and they're telling us and they're responding to all of that with, Who are you? You're sixteen, you're a kid. Pretty much. That's pretty much. They're basically saying, you know, like what kind of like what kind of expertise, what kind of background do you have on this? But they're missing the whole point. The whole point is the whole point is that a sixteen year old has gathered enough political power and weight to get an audience in front of you all. To, to just tell you and just reinforce the fact that, you know, climate change is a real threat. Yeah. And the public perception is that you all aren't doing anything about it. Yeah. Now, I understand that, you know, con- you know actually um, dealing with it is, uh, is way easier said than done. There's a lot of strategies and a lot of money that has to be um, put into place. But we just need to see that, that you know, the, the leaders of the world actually care. Yeah. What also kind of confuses me about this opposition is... The UN already put out a report about global change, about uh, climate change. Yeah, like earlier this, early this year. Yeah, so they already know what's going on. They already know the stakes that are at risk. So for there to even be opposition doesn't really make sense. I guess they just feel offended. They feel probably embarrassed that a 16-year-old has gotten to that point. That's probably what it is, honestly. I don't know, man. Honestly, I feel like if you're in charge of something because the UN is what world leaders. Yeah. If you are a world leader and you're trying to make decisions to make everyday life better for everybody and easier for everybody, I think you should put personal preferences aside. Yeah. And like that little offensive feeling that you feel when a 16 year old is telling you what to do or that pride that pride. Yeah, that, that bias, man. You got to get rid of that pride and that bias, that ego. Because she's, cause all she's doing, because she's not saying nothing that hasn't been said already. Right. Like, everything, like, the entire world has been crying out for our global leaders to start paying more attention. Or at least be more transparent. Right. Like, a matter of fact, yeah, man, because transparency will go a long way. Just tell us, just tell us. You know, just tell us what's going on. Tell us if you even have a plan or not. Exactly. So, in all honesty, we really, because we keep hearing, we keep seeing these reports, and they keep sending out, like, you know, probably, like, national security and stuff like that, but I haven't read a plan yet. I haven't heard an idea yet. The the only, what we, what I've heard so far that has been big that we've talked about was the Great Green Wall. Yeah. And is the UN involved in that? To our knowledge, nah, that's that's a sole effort by Africa. By Africa, by the 20 countries that believed that they needed to do this and that agreed to doing that. That's crazy. It is, man. I don't know, man. We're going to, I mean, we'll keep updating these folks on this to, uh, if um, we get any more future developments. But for now, I think that's about it. Alright, that's cool. Alright, so... What I'm going to talk about is that the Department of Homeland Security has officially declared that white supremacist, that white supremacist terror is a major national security threat in the United States. 
and I went ahead and took the time to actually look up the definition of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And what Google is telling me right now, white supremacy is the belief that white people are superior to those of all other races, especially the black race, and should therefore dominate society. So basically, white supremacists are people that believe that they're just, you know, the chosen ones. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it just, it kind of drives me crazy because we've already known this. I've known this, you've known this. A lot of people that, you know, I guess would say minorities have already been aware of stuff like this. So yeah. for this to be something that's like coming up later on, especially with like, this has been very uh, abdomen in Trump's uh, first election. Yeah. And a whole bunch of stuff that Trump gets ends up getting involved with. Uh, Trump has been accused of, you know, um, inspiring hate and inspiring um, these actions from these white supremacists. And that's like he supports, you know, he's never said no to stuff like KKK rallies. Have you ever seen the documentary 13? I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry, Mom. She told me to watch it. I never watched it. Man, you got to do yourself a favor and watch it, man. It's on Netflix. But to add to your point, um, there's a whole section on there where it's talking about how Trump, um, exactly what you were saying, talk about basically how Trump helps fuel this uh, this hatred and this and this anger and this this racism. Mm-hmm. Because um, I wish I could remember exactly what he said, but there's he's at like he's delivering a speech at like at a, um, at a campaign rally. And he's basically just saying, like, you know, um, back in the day, he was, he was referring to a white, uh, to a black dude that was being kicked out. He was basically saying, like, back in the day, back in the day, you know, we used to, we used to beat those guys up and, and yada yada this and yada yada that. It wasn't exactly that, but it was something along those lines. And it's like, dude, mm-hmm. how can you, how can you sit there and say that? How can, right. you, how can these people that support you sit there and cheer for you? Right. I definitely know. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. I think I've seen that video. But so basically, the Department of Homeland Security is a group that was created in the wake of Mm 9-11 in response to since then its counterterrorism strategy has been largely focused on threat posed by foreign groups like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. But now they're going to be focusing on more of these terror groups that's going to be coming from the inside of America. And this is uh, what brought this attention was that most recent um, shooting in El Paso. But my, at the Walmart. Whole, my whole thing is, is that why did it take this many shootings for y'all to finally realize this is a threat? I don't know. I don't know. Because like, I was going to be like, you know, because maybe out in El Paso, it was more of like just a Hispanic area. But old bruh, who was his name? Dylan Roof shot up the black, uh, the black people church. Yeah. For no reason. And so, like, it's definitely something that, like, has always been going on. It's always been seen. And this actually right here says, speaking on Donald Trump, um, President Donald Trump himself shrugged off the idea that white nationalist uh, terror posed a major security threat. And his administration has also defunded and dismantled programs that's been um, that the uh, Homeland Security has been working on that were designed to counter um, these violent extremists. That's proof enough right there. (laughs) <laughs> it's proof enough right there that he's like a part of this. That's, yeah, that, that's all the proof we need because you defunded it. You, why would you defund it? Honestly, so at this point, we can almost label Trump as a terrorist. 
At least an affiliate. This is honestly disappointing. But it's honestly, it's disappointing, but at the same time, this is good news because we're taking a step forward and we're seeing a problem. White supremacy is a problem. And it'll always be a problem as long as, you know, they got that mindset. But then that just leads to the next question of how do we get them to change that mindset? But you... All right. So, you know what's crazy is that when Black Lives Matter came out, a whole bunch of white people and white supremacists were labeling the Black Lives Matters group as a terrorist group. Yeah, I remember that. But Black Lives Matter is a group about, you know, black lives mattering. It's not white supremacy where they believe that they're the dominant society. Man, I remember, because to add on to that, man, I remember freshman year, I was in public speaking, sitting next to this white kid. Uh White kid turns, white kid turns to me, and I promise you, word for word, says, have I talked to you about the Black Lives Matter movement? I remember this. And I'm sitting there like, what? What could you possibly say? What could you possibly say to me, a black man, about the Black Lives Matter movement? And everything you said was basically was all derogatory. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you know, they um they cause public disturbances, and, and you know them them even know what they're talking about, and you know their leader their leaders, you know they're they're taking advantage of people, and I'm like, dude, I don't think you've even done the research to even sit up here and having a conversation with me about this. Because nothing you're saying makes any kind of sense. You've done no kind of research. The Black Lives Matter movement started to basically bring advocacy for police brutality against black people. That was right. the whole entire purpose. I don't know where you got any of this from. Right. I don't know where anybody got it from. Because one of my best friends, who's actually a cop now, I had gotten to an argument with him a few years ago because he had reposted a, um, a pro- basically a propaganda post on Facebook. And he was talking about it was basically a bunch of black people killing cops. And the gist of the video was, this is what Black Lives Matter does. And I was like, I support Black Lives Matter. I don't ever kill the cop. Because I remember you telling me about this, man. Yeah, that was crazy. In all, since we're running out of time, white supremacists are terrorists. And that's it for our show today. Thank you guys for coming in and tuning in with us. And we will be back next week to talk more about your favorite ideas and your favorite problems. Thank you.